from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I have to admit, I'm out of sorts right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in my own head. What's wrong, Tim? Young Philly, break your heart? <laughs> well played. Um, actually, literally right at this moment, I'm out of sorts because every single day I bring in a pen into the studio and I have it in my hand as I talk and I, I forgot a pen today, so I feel a little naked. Feel feel like when you you know you leave the house and you don't have phone wallet keys, one of your pockets are empty. Yeah, and you're just like, oh no, whoa, hold on, uh, wait a second, wait a second. But that's not really why I'm off. I'm off because I broke one of the 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 rules I have for this radio show oh. this week, and and I'm gonna come clean. I'm going to apologize, and then we're gonna fix it because I'm a solutions guy, which is exactly the problem I had. I I'm sorry for the whining about UNC basketball this week. I, I did a lot of whining. I did a lot of pointing out everything that was wrong with the University of North Carolina basketball team uh, over their last five games. I did a lot of this isn't going well, that isn't going well. R.J. Davis isn't efficient enough a two-point uh, shooter, and Cormac Ryan this, and why didn't they uh, do all these things? I just did a lot of whining. They lost three of five, and, and one of the two wins in that section was actually a really shaky win over Miami. I did a lot of whining. I was a problem guy, and I was not a solutions guy. So this is an apology right here. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to my roots, which is when you bring up a problem, you better have a solution. I was told that very early on in in my career, and I think it applies to uh, not just radio, just about every career that that, uh, I have any experience in. Right. If you're going to present a problem to somebody, it's it's smart to have a solution. Right. You go to your boss. Hey, big catastrophe. This is happening on the the Watkins account. But I've already thought it through. And here are two potential solutions. That's going to go a lot further with your boss than if you just run up going the Watkins count as a disaster. So North Carolina, big problems. I don't. I, I'm not here for the everybody has ebbs and flows. When you were the number three team in the country, and then you lose three of five, you need a solution, and especially when the three of five are, are to uh, not the biggest and baddest opponents in the world, right? If they just happen to play top ten teams five consecutive, it'd be one thing. But but Georgia Tech is is not a terrifying opponent, right? Most recently, Syracuse is not a terrifying opponent. So here's my solution. Play inside out. There's the I think it's simple. Play inside out. The make your priority establishing the guys down low. Whether it's Baycott, whether it's Withers, Washington, whether it's Ingram if he's playing that role for that game. Sometimes he's on the perimeter, sometimes he's he's mm-hmm. more in the paint. If he's a paint guy that game and in, in, in that particular game plan, get him involved down low. Play inside out. And that's not to say the the guys on the perimeter take the night off. It's no different than going into a football game saying we want to establish the run or we want to get things open with the pass. You just go in with a, a different kind of kind of first step. Then you build everything else off of it. But when a team is playing outside in, or when this team was playing outside in, I should say, and it was working earlier this year, I was fine with it. And you know who else was fine with it? Armando Baycott. You know who else was fine with it? Harrison Ingram and the rest of the bigs. They they were, okay, cool. We're an outside-in team. It's not working anymore. So flip it. Reverse it. 
R.J. Davis will be okay. Trust me. He'll get more open shots. Won't have to work so darn hard. Go down low. It's it's to use another cross uh, cross sport analogy here. It's the body blows of the boxing world, right? Go into the post. That's like going into the body in a boxing match. Get the opposing team's bigs in foul trouble. Get the opposing team's bigs tired out, and then use that to get your your flamethrowers on the perimeter, your R.J. Davises open, right? Then go set a high pick and roll and watch a tired big have to hedge on R.J. Davis coming downhill with the ball, and, and, and gosh forbid they sag off and let that guy take a three. It's like pounding a team with a run constantly. Then you hit them play action when they're worn down before you know it. It's like a 50-yarder. And, and exactly. That's the, the 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 best example, and it's 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 you know you'll see the Chiefs establish the run over a first quarter, right? You'll see uh, the the Bengals establish the run over a first quarter. Teams that you know they got they got Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, right? You would expect them to be a passing team, but sometimes it's like, hey, passing game needs a little help from the running game, and then you can unleash the beast. UNC just needs to, uh, you know, it, it's. If R.J. Davis in this scenario is the Mahomes or the Burrow, you just establish the guys down low and then unleash the beast. R.J. Davis and Cormac Ryan and Trimble, and, and I mean, we could go all the way around their perimeter. They have to recognize the benefit to themselves of the big guys down in the post. We were having this conversation off air earlier today, and, and Dennis hit me with a couple of rhetorical questions that I answered anyway. Um, because I don't always read that cue. Because uh, we're talking about it, he goes, all right, well, what was the best game of the last five? Me, my overeager self, the Duke game, mm-hmm. as if that wasn't obvious. And what happened in the Duke game? They played inside out. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to make your point for you. Stop answering these rhetorical <laughs> questions. But it's it's exactly the, the, the point, right? In the Duke game, which, I mean, if, if you were to grade their last five games, the Duke game is like a like – a, it's probably, you know, every once in a while, and I don't know how this happened. We didn't have these at my high schools. Somebody has like a 4.4 GPA, and I'm going, oh, how? The weighted GPAs. How yes. are you above a 4.0? Like a 4.0 is perfect in my brain. How are you a 5.2? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Duke game was a 5.2 out of a 4.0 GPA. Uh, the Miami game is like a, like a, a 3.0. Everything else is in the twos, right? Everything else, you're just trying to stay eligible. You're, you're, <laughs> you're right. You're trying to get eligible for a, a you know, your, your winter sport. So you got to pick up those grades by the end of the fall semester. It, it was bad, but they did have that one game that was like 105% out of 100. So look at that game. What did you do? It was down low. That was the game that was a big emergence for Armando Baycott. It was a big emergence for Harrison Ingram. And and it wasn't like they were they they were um you know not rebounding. Like the, the big guys were doing the big guy thing. And it was actually a relatively quiet game for RJ Davis, particularly in the first half when you were establishing things. He had four points in the first half and they led by ten against Duke. It's okay to do that. And then he picked it up in the second half. That's the whole point, right? You establish one thing, it opens up the other. So in the interest of not just whining about North Carolina, which I admit I caught myself doing earlier this year, and I'm trying to rectify, right? I'm trying to make amends here. In the interest of not just whining and complaining and pointing and saying that's bad and being a solutions-oriented show, I think the solution might be letting Armando Baycott set the tone. 
letting Armando Baycott and the bigs set the tone. And I wouldn't, like, Armando could do that scoring 16 points, right? If he scores 10 in the first 10 minutes and then and then the offense runs smooth and balanced from that point forward, he doesn't have to be – I'm not asking him to go for 30 and 17. I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a boxer in the first round making it a physical fight, maybe a little rope-a-dope, right, a little tiring everybody out. Then, you know, and by, by round seven, you're dancing, you're ollie shuffling, and you're popping them in the nose. Which is way more fun, right? And let's be real, guards in the ACC get to have the fun. They're pulling up from three. They're doing all the acrobatic stuff. The big guys are the tone setters. So solution-oriented show. I want to see UNC play inside out for a little bit. And knowing that, you know, you, you do that until it doesn't work, and then you, you shift back the other way. Just like a football team, right? You start establishing the run, and once teams show up on the first drive of the game with eight guys in the box – right? Yeah, all their big linebackers on, on the field. Well, then you open up the game slinging it. Two minute, no huddle. That day will come, but you got you to gotta make them respect the run game first. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk Duke UNC. A college basketball season, and actually you might say any sports season, is all about turning points, right? It's it's all about how you react in certain situations and how those situations impact everything moving forward. The Duke-UNC game in Chapel Hill, not that long ago, felt like a turning point. It may have been a turning point in exactly the opposite direction that it felt like at the time. After that game, it felt like UNC was was ready to be crowned ACC champion. It felt like Duke was pushed back into the riffraff of the middle of the pack ACC, right? Suddenly it was it was UNC, a wide gap, and then everyone else including Duke. However, the games that have played out since then have not played out in that respect. Since that game, when it looked like UNC was a rocket ship and Duke was, was taken on water, UNC has lost to Clemson, a sketchy win over Miami, and lost to Syracuse. And Duke, in their three games, has smoked Notre Dame, smoked Boston College, and soundly beat Wake Forest. And, I, you know, obviously right now we're going to get a ton of anecdotes about the Chiefs season, right? By the way, uh, I, I, I don't support the Chiefs as this kind of nobody believed in us team. A lot, a lot of talk about like, no, but everybody was doubting us. I'm like, you're the defending Super Bowl champion with yeah. the NFL MVP. 
Everybody believed in you. Um, but the Raiders did beat the Chiefs, kind of pushed them around on Christmas. It was their last win, or their last loss, the Chiefs' last loss. Andy Reid told, and told NBC Sports, the head coach of the Chiefs, told NBC Sports that he texted Raiders coach Antonio Pierce during the week of the Super Bowl to thank him and the Raiders, to thank Antonio Pierce and the Raiders for the beatdown. He, you know, the, the term used was they, they kind of beat the complacency out of the Chiefs. Could the winner and the loser of the Duke-UNC game be kind of switched by long-term effect? Could that be a turning point for Duke because the complacency was beat out of them? And could it be a turning point for UNC because it made them fully buy into their own hype? Now, yes, are we getting into kind of the psychology of it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But at least through three games, they've each played three games since that game. They're on different trajectories now. And... You know, I, I talk about it's easier to coach after a loss, right? After a loss, you have everyone's attention. Mm -hmm. They're asking more questions. Coach, how do we make sure that doesn't happen again, right? There's a reason why every coach will tell you, and they tell their players, right, after a bad loss, if I could bottle up the feeling you have right now and, and you know, give it to you in spurts throughout the offseason, we'd be the best team in, in, in the world because you would be so motivated all offseason to never never feel like that again. Well, guess what? After that loss to UNC, John Shire used that feeling well, right? He, he, I don't know, kicked him, pushed the proper buttons, right? Pulled the proper strings, and Duke responded. Meanwhile, UNC has not been the same team since. Could be a turning point, just not the one we thought it was going to be. There's no way you left watching that game in Chapel Hill and had any kind of feeling of like, you know what? This is where Duke takes over. <laughs> yeah, you know how they were pretty much manhandled and kept at arm's reach the entire game by their fierce and bitter rival who's had one of their better players wake up for the game and put up 25, 10, and 5, and, and another player that had a uh, first introduction to the rivalry and had a, another 20-point double-double? Yeah, that, that's, that's where UNC really, you know, let their guard down. But in retrospect, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Starting to feel a little too good about yourself. Yeah. The UNC maybe started feeling too good about themselves. And, you know, sometimes it only it's like the uh the loose string on your sweater, right? It only takes one little tug and all of a sudden you got a line across the middle of your stomach. And Duke could be the same thing in the other direction. Maybe all they needed was that chip on their shoulder. All they needed was that little bit of self-doubt that that could be healthy, uh, that that keeps them locked in and taking care of business for the rest of the games. I mean, there's no way, no matter how good they were, there's no way, no matter how good they were, that that you don't leave, meaning Duke, you don't leave that UNC game pretty much aware that they, they kicked your tail. It, it is a situation where it may have ended up being a turning point, just not the one we thought it was. Especially because they, they made some small mistakes in that game, but they're still only lost by single digits. It's like, you know what, guys? Yeah, it like felt a like a little moment here. I know. It felt like Carolina was in control, yeah. but but that's the thing. It's like, wow, Carolina was in control, and we still only lost by nine. Yeah. That's also the rivalry thing. Those games There's also yeah. that, too. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.